But let's go to Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Anybody thankful that you've got something to rejoice about regardless of life circumstance? Whatever goes on in our lives, we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost that God gave us. For when... We were yet without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. I don't know about you, and uh, there, are, there are few people on this earth that I might be willing to lay my life down for in the natural sense. But God... God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. With your attention for the next few moments, I want to talk about showing God love, showing God love. Can we slip a hand into the into the air and welcome him into this place this morning? Lord, I thank you for the people of God. I thank you for the house of God. I thank you, Lord, that we still have a geographical location where we can congregate together, where we can come into your presence and hear the word preached. I don't ever want to take that for granted, God, but every time these doors are open, I want to be a part of it. I pray, Lord, that you would help me, God. Your word is already anointed, but anoint my lips and anoint my mind. I pray today, God, uh, add a blessing to your word. Let these wonderful people receive something today in Jesus name. Amen. Showing God love. 2000 odd years ago on a little hill outside of the walls of Jerusalem, he hung suspended between heaven and earth. The almighty God manifest in flesh in a cruel twist of irony is now nailed to a tree he created on a hill he created by people he knew before they were ever even formed in their mother's womb. Hatred twisted the faces of the gathered crowd, the religious elite as they screamed, crucify him. And he loved them. As his arms were stretched out, his left arm was nailed down and all of the sins of every man, woman and child in human history before that point were placed on his hand. And it was nailed to a cross and he loved them. His right arm now nailed, excruciating pain, shooting all the way up in his arms, but this paled in comparison to the weight of all the sin of human future to come. My sins, your sins, and he loved us. We've heard it said many times before, but it's worth saying again. It was not the nails that held him to that cross. It was 
love. Romans 5 and 8, I read again in the Amplified Version, it says, But God clearly shows and proves His own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Proverbs 27 and 5 proclaims, Open rebuke is better than secret love. And God was no willing, not willing any longer just to speak his love. He was no longer content for material blessing alone to be how he demonstrated his love. But in front of his entire creation, God spells out his love for humanity. He showed, he demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loves each and every one of us. That he's always loved us. That there's nothing we can do to separate ourselves from God's love that is reaching for us. Now, he did not just die for us alone. But I am so thankful that he demonstrated his love uh, by living and rising again out of that grave for us. And Romans chapter eight and verse five or five and verse five says, hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Stop and consider this for just a second. God did not just make available your sins being washed away. And I'm thankful for the fact that God was willing to wash my sins away. Because I was nasty and I'm vile. Without the grace and the mercy of God in my life, I'm not a very pleasant person. But he did not stop there. Because God, in his demonstration of love to you and I, decided and desires to fill each and every one of us with his spirit. He desires to live inside of you. You see, when I can't even stand to be around me, God wanted to live in me. When I can't stand to sit there and listen sometimes to the attitude and the words that come out of my mouth, God in the pages of history was looking forward to that moment when little Jared was going to lift his hands in the air at the age of seven or eight and God was going to fill him with his spirit. He loved me so much uh, that he can't wait to fill my heart. He can't wait to spend every moment with me. You see, I've got an unashamed and lively hope inside because God demonstrated his love for me by filling me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful that my sins can be washed away, uh, but I'm even more grateful if it's at all possible uh, that not only do I have my past erased, uh, but I've got power to live towards a future eternity. I've got power inside of me to live uh, for a moment forever with God. And that's just the beginning. Because there comes a day when God's love is going to be completed for us. And you and I are not going to just have a taste or the earnest of our inheritance. But we will actually be like him. We will be in all actuality, not just counted as righteous. uh, But we will be glorified to spend an eternity with God. This this attitude, this this thought surely was within John when he cries out in in John first John chapter three and verse one. Behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us 
that we should be called the sons of God. It's hard to conceive of. It's hard to comprehend. And surely there's those under the sound of my voice, whether you're doing it right now or you've done it in time past, when you consider and you behold the manner of love that God has shown us, it seems so hard to believe and so great to accept. Why has he loved me this much? Who am I that the God of everything would love me this much? But I am so grateful that God did not just verbalize his love. He demonstrated it. His love drove him to action. As John calls out, John, the beloved disciple. John, the disciple who leaned on the Lord at the Last Supper. John, the lone disciple who's recorded as being at the cross. John, the disciple who was entrusted with the care of Mary. You see, if you're willing to go places that nobody else will, God will let you do things that nobody else gets to. Jesus's half brothers did not get the care of Jesus's mother. It was John, the beloved. John had a handle on love. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36, surely John was was there and and surely John had heard Jesus utter these words when he's asked, Master, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. God's love was an active love. Now, God could have structured it however he wanted to do so. He's God after all. He could have ordained whatever he wanted. But what he picked and what he set into motion was a plan that would require him to go through painful action. He has demonstrated love to us and he has set a standard because my love to him must be more than words. He showed me love by dying. He showed me love by filling me with his spirit. But how, how can I demonstrate love back to God? This this imperfect humanity, this 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 flesh that is so far from the perfection of God. How how can I show God that I love him? Have you ever had those moments in your devotional prayer? Where you're telling God that you love him and you're I mean, it's sincere. It's coming out of your heart. It's real, but it feels so Not empty. Perhaps that's not the right word for it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you're saying, I love you, God. I mean, there's a tear rolling down your cheek. I love you, God. I I, I worship you. You're so amazing. You're so awesome. But how can it become more than words in my life? If God had a love language, what would it be? We, we, We all send and receive love in different manner and form. I mean, there's some that... 
that can show and receive love by gifts, quality time, words of affirmation. But, but, but what is it? If, if I were going to love God, I need to go beyond just lip service. It's exactly what John declares in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. He says, my little children, let us love not in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now, I'll be honest with you, it was tempting just to get up here and read the book of 1 John today. Because he's got a, he's got a handle on, on love. The beloved. He, he, he has this thing figured out. If you've ever read the book of 1 John and you feel like it's, it's slightly repetitive, you know what I'm talking about, where this chapter keeps restating this chapter and it, just, it changes the focus just a little bit and restates the main point. Presumably, John is trying to drive home a couple of points to us. And John lays out over and over and over again two ways that you and I can prove that our love towards God is genuine. There are two ways in the book of John Uh, In the Gospel of John, there's two ways listed in the greatest commandment and the second commandment. And those two ways that we can prove that our love towards God is genuine is by this. Number one, loving our brother. And number two, keeping God's commandments. If you've ever been looking for a way to show God that you love him beyond just saying it, beyond just letting it be a confession out of your mouth, but letting it become a lifestyle, then you have just received the answer from the Bible. Those, those two ways that you can begin to demonstrate, God, uh, this is not just lip service, but this is from my heart. And this is an active faith that's driving me and moving me to motion. You can show God love by loving your brother. And by keeping his commandments. We're going to turn to 1 John chapter 3 if you're not there already. We're going to read a a fair portion of scripture here. This will probably take the, the rest of our time together. But it is Sunday school and Sunday Bible study. And so we'll study the Bible. I read already 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18, but watch this pattern develop. He, he circles these two points time and time again. And then we'll slide back to the gospel of John and we'll see that these are not things that just were inspired of the Holy Ghost, though that would not make them any less valid or any less uh, ordained as, as scripture. But this is something that John heard Jesus say. He says, little children, let us love not in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. You see, if you want to make sure your heart before God, make sure that your love is not just in word, but it's in deed and in truth. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. If our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God and whatsoever we ask, we, we receive of him. Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him And he in him. And hereby do we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. 
All right. John's going to restate this a couple of times in, in various terms. But there's a pattern that's being developed here. There's a, there's a principle that John is laying out over and over again to the church. Love your brother. Keep his commandments. The Holy Ghost is God's proof of love to us. And by those two things, we're going to show, we're going to demonstrate that my love to God is genuine. Let's jump down to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Go ahead and look at your neighbor right now. Tell him, I love you. Look him deep in the eyes and say, I love you too. Because after all, open rebuke is better than secret love. And if you've never told somebody in this building that you love them, you might as well just rebuke them. What, what good is secret love? What good would God's love toward us been if he had kept it a secret? What good is my love back towards God if I'm just going to hold it inside and not let my life demonstrate it and show it? Let us love one another. Love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, verse 8, knoweth not God, for God is love. Now, John restates what Paul already talked about in Romans chapter 5. He said, in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God, here's, here's John saying, God demonstrated his love toward us by stepping into this world and becoming the sacrifice to pay the price for my sins. And then connected to that, verse 11, here's John's logical conclusion based off of God's demonstration of love to us is, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. You see, we can show God to this world. We can show love to God because he already died for us. And when he lives in us, he gives us the power to love one another. He gives us the power to keep his commandments. Here it is again. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Mark that down because we're going to see this again when Jesus talks about it in, in John chapter 14 and John chapter 15 in the gospel of John. Every time God commands to keep his commandments and to love the brothers, there's a mention of the spirit living inside of us. Because it's impossible for me to fully keep his commandments. And it's impossible for me to love the brothers beyond myself without God's spirit living inside of me. Now, you are a nice bunch of people. And I like you. I like spending time with you. But I can't love you like God desires me to love you without the Holy Ghost inside of us. In fact, that is probably the, the thing that ties this group together more than anything else is the fact that we are born of one Father. We've got the same Spirit down inside of us. 
Were it not for the Holy Ghost this morning, most of us probably wouldn't be seated in this room with one another. Let's move on. They're having a good time downstairs. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. In verse 14, we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, if we can grab a hold of that and understand that, if we can, we can remember that and, and lock that into a place in our heart, there's a boldness you can have in a day of judgment when you step before the throne of God. See, I, I, I want to love in deed and I need to love in truth. I need to love in action, but it's got to be true love. It's got to be an actual love. It's got to be guided. I don't want to be the one on that day that says, Lord, Lord, but doesn't do the work of the Father. I want to be the one whose actions have lined up with his word. We may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. I can't even love him as he commands. It's, it's so incredible. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. But that is an impossible commandment for me to keep if it weren't for him loving me first. It's impossible for me to keep it, I believe, without the grace of God reaching for humanity long before. I, I don't love God because I'm somehow good and it's just inside of me. I love God because his mercy was always reaching for me. I, I didn't repent because somehow I'm somebody special. I repent because the goodness of God was always drawing me closer to himself. I didn't, I didn't get baptized in Jesus' name because I'm somebody cool and I'm, I'm super obedient to the word of God. I got baptized in Jesus' name because God's mercy was leading me towards waters that were going to wash it away. And I was not filled uh, with the gift of the Spirit because I'm somehow something special. But God uh, demonstrated His love to me one more time. Uh, and every day when I lift my hands in the air, uh, and every day after I repent to Him and I call out to Him, and God renews me in the Holy Ghost, it's not because I love Him, but it's because He loves me. I can't even love Him like He deserves to be loved unless He loved me first. It's the Holy Ghost inside, and I believe it's Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, or verse 13 rather, it says, uh, God giveth us both the will and the power to do His purpose, to do His good pleasure. I can't even love God without Him helping me to love Him. That's so incredible, isn't it? When you, when you think about it. And so it, it became a prayer request of mine years ago after, after, after beginning to, to look at this. And I read a book about it. And I, I began to think. And it blew my mind. And I thought, I'm going to start praying. God, help me to love you like you deserve to be loved. Because I, I can't even do it. I can't even keep the greatest commandment by myself. 
I need him so much. And then John drops one of those intense moments of scripture where it causes pause. And he gets very bold about what he's been circling around and says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God who he hasn't seen? See, that's why in verse 12, he throws that sentence in there that seems almost like a non sequitur. No man hath seen God at any time. He's reminding, he's building a platform to tell us, look, if you're going to proclaim with your mouth that you love God, but you hate your brother, you're lying. Because God, we've, we've never seen God at any time, and yet we profess to love him. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Chapter 5, just three verses here. It says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. There are moments and times in my life where, with a wrong attitude, I looked at Scripture and thought, man, that's really harsh. It's really hard. There are moments in my life where the preach word of God has gone forth, and it's, it's, it's been a hard word, or something rose up inside of me that did not want to accept that word, where things have been spoken into my life, and I, I thought, man, I, I don't like that. But when we begin to pursue God in this manner of love, we come to an obvious realization. His commandments are not grievous. They're, they're not hard to bear when you love Him. The, he's not asking too much of you in your love. He's not asking too much of you in your pursuit of him. He's not telling you, don't do this, don't do that, stay away from this, stay away from that. Just because he's being a jerk and he's trying to to keep something good from you. If if that's the concept and the the thought process that's coming is, man, God's God's withholding something good from me. Think about where that line of, of reasoning first came into being. All the way back in the book of Genesis. That's where that line of reasoning first began to be poured out, where the serpent begins to to tempt Eve and say, you know, God doesn't want you to eat this fruit because then you're going to be like God. If, If that's the thought process, God's commandments are grievous and I'm less likely to keep them. But when I realize God has already demonstrated his love towards us, and while I was a dirty Nasty, vile sinner. God uh, came and died for me. God's already demonstrated his love toward me because he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he wants to be with me every day. And so now, with that mindset, I can begin to live a life that holds fast those commandments because they're not grievous. Let's jump back to John chapter 14 and verse 15. The Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 15. Just two more portions of Scripture and I'll wrap up. 
Jesus says in John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's a pretty direct statement from Scripture. In fact, this is, a, this is an interesting verse because as you read uh, repetitively in the Old Testament, there is, there's this common phrase that, that begins to be uh, cycled around. This is no accident that this conversation happens when Philip asks Jesus to show him the Father. Uh, and, and Jesus responds, you know, have, have I been this long with you, Philip, and you don't know who I am? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In the Old Testament, the Lord would repetitively say, do this, do that, for I am the Lord thy God. Keep these commandments, walk with me, for I am the Lord thy God. And now Jesus, who has just proclaimed himself, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, says in front of his disciples, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's a fantastic verse about the oneness of God. If you love me, Keep my commandments. Jesus is placing himself in the, in the very place of Jehovah of the Old Testament and saying, look, if you love not the Lord, if you love me, keep my commandments. He goes on to say, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that will abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. There's that mention of the Holy Ghost again. Every time God is telling us, keep my commandments in the New Testament, every time he's telling us, keep my commandments, obey me, there's a mention of the Holy Ghost that's going to come. There's a mention of the Holy Ghost that already has come. God uh, not only gives us, see the, the, the people under the law of Moses, my goodness, that must have been a terrible way to live. To have this, this, this law that they were never, as Peter said when they're in the church council, I believe in Acts chapter 15, they're, they're wanting to decide what to do with the Gentiles. And Peter says, why would we put on them a weight that we were never even able to bear ourselves? How frustrating must it have been to have this perfect standard of what God desires, but have no ability to keep it. But that's not where God in his love leaves us in this New Testament. Now he says, keep my commandments and oh yeah, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be inside of you. I'm going to give you the ability to overcome everything in this world. He says, yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But you see me because I live, ye shall live also. And at that day, you'll know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved to my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Final portion of scripture here. John chapter 15 and verse 9. In the same conversation, Jesus lays out the other way that we can show God love. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll, you'll abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You want joy in your life? Obey the Scriptures. You want joy in your life? Love your brother. 
And God has promised us that the joy of God will remain in us and we will be full of joy. And this is my commandment, Jesus says, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Let's all stand together in this place. Now, I'm not entirely sure if I made that more clear or just muddied the waters. But I refuse to live a life of lip service love to the Lord. And God has clearly told me. It, any new married couple should appreciate this. Because you're trying to figure out how to love one another. And you take that step out and it's the wrong channel and you get smacked down because you're new and you're trying to figure each other out. God went ahead of it, went ahead of us and just took care of everything for us. He said, I love you unconditionally and here's how you can love me. Wouldn't that have been nice on your wedding day to get like a diagram? These are the ways that I want love expressed. That would have been fantastic. It would make a relationship so much more uh, fluid, so much easier. But God has simply asked us, look, if you love me, just obey me. My commandments aren't grievous. They're for your protection. They're for your safety. They're for your well-being. They're for your health. They're so that you and I can spend forever together. And if you love me and you're going to proclaim to love me, then look across the aisle at my other creation. And love them. I want to show God love today. And I do that. By obeying his word. And by loving you. And so get ready. Because I'm going to find a way to demonstrate my love to each and every person in this church. That's, that's, that's my goal. That's my challenge. I, I, I don't want it just to be words. I want it to be a life. I pray that you would accept that challenge as well. We've, we've got to be a place, we've got to be a body where love is not just a word, it's an action among us, where we demonstrate it, we show it, we, we prove it to one another time and time again. And in doing so, we're proving to God, I love you. I love you because I can love them. I love you because I can listen. Let's lift our hands in the air together. God, I thank you, Lord, that you loved me when I was unlovable. I thank you, God, uh, that you cared about me enough, Lord, to wash away my sins, that you uh, desired me so much, Lord, that you would fill me with your spirit so that we could be together forever, Lord. I look forward to that day uh, when I finally get to see you face to face, when I finally get to lay eyes on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God, uh, in that moment, I will know beyond all shadow of a doubt, beyond any any reasonable conclusion that you have loved me and that I have loved you. But now, God, uh, you have shown me how I can do it. Uh, I will strive, God, by the power of the Holy Ghost to keep your commandments. Uh, I'm going to strive, God, by the power of your spirit uh, to do what you have commanded me to do, to obey the scriptures, Lord. And in those moments where my heart is condemning me and in those moments, God, where guilt comes in, uh, God, you're greater than my heart. Uh, your love 
love is greater than my guilt and shame. God, your love is greater than my condemnation. Uh, And Lord, I'm going to love my brother. Uh, I'm going to love my sister, not just in word, but in deed. Uh, In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
I told your pastor this when we were eating, and I, I, I feel it so strongly if I ever felt it before, that with most churches, you start off with a crowd, and then you try to build an army. This church is just a little odd. I feel like you guys have started with an army trying to go get a crowd. Hey, Sister Brown, Brother Brown, come come, come to the front for me, please. Brother Sleva, if you can stand right in front of them. I'm asking the rest of the church, if you want to, if you want to, there's going to be an impartation of vision that's getting ready to take place. God's about to multiply the spirit of Abraham that's in this room. Sister Brown, just come right up here to the front. Brother Sleva, I just want you to face them. You're going to lay hands on them here in a little bit. Uh, come close, Brother and Sister Brown, because the rest of your church is going to stand behind you. If you want to impart impartation of what God has placed in this couple to fall on you. I need you to come down behind them. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost just showed me. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do something I've never seen before. But God is saying, I'm getting ready to give you two-dimensional dominion. God is saying, you've been asking me to bless the ground. But not only am I going to bless the ground, I have opened up the heavens. And what is about to transpire is that there is an opening from you to me you have conquered the season of the brass heaven where you've called out to me and felt no response now I'm opening a door and the windows of heaven are about to lose the flood of anointing I will saturate the soil with my presence you will no longer strive and struggle with man but what was difficult and hard now will be accomplished with ease I will flood the wicked and put the resources into your hand. I will devour the enemy that is attempting to destroy you. And in my name and spirit, you will conquer what I have given as an inheritance. Uh, Brother Sleeve, if you can lay hands on them. Church, I want you to extend your hands towards your leadership. I want you to begin to ask God, God, give us a vision of what you showed them. Give us the same spirit you put on them. Give us the same anointing you gave to them.